0: 256-1729. And now, another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV Scandal After Show.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Marie Fagel. I'm your legal lady, and I will be breaking down this new fabulous show scandal every week with my co host, Emil Ennis. Emil, how are you?
2: I'm doing great, Mari. I guess. I'll and
1: Emil, we have not one but two episodes to talk about, yes. and so I'm so excited. This is Shonda Rhimes' new show, and um, as I mentioned, I'm your legal lady. I write, tweet, blogs all the time about actual headline legal news, straight ripped from the headlines, and scandal does a lot of storylines. As we'll talk about, ripped from the headlines, I talk about the real uh, New York City Madam case, the real uh, sex scandals of John Edwards and other people. So that's why I was so interested in this show because it's really ripped from the headlines of actual you know, scandals within inside the Beltway in D.C. And um, I really love the premise of this show. These are all attorneys, but they're not exactly prosecuting and defending in a courtroom. They're doing so by handling these crises like like. They said a million times in the show, they're gladiators gladiators and suits. So, Emil, I just want to hear a little bit about yourself so that our viewers and listeners know why you were interested in the show, and I want to hear your take on the first two episodes.
2: Okay. Um... Like I said, my name is Emil Innes Jr. This is my first After Buzz TV after show, so I'm excited. Um, the main Yay! reason, <laughs> the main reason why I was, I was interested in this show is because of first Carrie Washington. I'm a big Carrie Washington fan. Um, so I was really excited to see her on television, finally. Um, and then I really like the premise of the show as well, because I know we see a lot of shows that deal with doctors and lawyers and just the, the cliche professions, but you don't really see a crisis management show. So I think it was really nice to see a new, fresh, inventive um, take on an industry we don't really see much of because it stays in the background, so we don't see much of it for a reason. Um, but remember, guys, being is for doing, and before we do anything else, I just want to remind you guys to please go to iTunes and rate and comment. Also, YouTube, rate and comment because it will really mean a lot to us and help us to uh, improve the show as we go on. Um, and yes,
3: uh, you know, yeah. off of that, I just wanted to chime in. This is Phil in the booth. Um... You know, guys, uh, here, here's how it works. You know, this is the first episode that we're doing for Scandal, so um, we, I just wanted to take some time to explain everything and how it all works. These guys, A, volunteer to do this. They'll they'll recap all of the shows, give their opinions, give news and gossip and all that jazz, and they'll do it live every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you want to watch live, you can, and uh, you get to call in as well. The number is 424 256 1729. Uh, we know most of you listen on Archive, but hey, if you want to join in on live conversation, that's how you do so. And then after that, it gets posted to YouTube or iTunes. Whatever's easiest for you, that's where you get to watch and or listen. And again, uh, you know, the return for us is that you rate and comment. We love hearing from you guys. It means, you know, it, it means we're doing our job right. And uh, it also, if there's things we can improve upon. We like hearing that as well. So thank you, Emil, for bringing that up.
1: And thank you, Phil, for giving everyone the rundown. Um, As he said, we'll be discussing Scandal every week. So let's get right into it. Basically, the premise of the show. We're not a law firm. We're lawyers. But we're not a law firm. We solve crises. We're gladiators in suits. We change lives. We slay dragons. We don't try cases. If we do our jobs right, we don't have to go to court. We fix problems. We're not about solving crime and justice. We help our clients. Those are, those are basically the quotes I took from the first episode to really explain, okay, what exactly is going on here? Because when I first heard about the show, I said, oh, legal drama, that should be interesting. But this isn't your average legal drama. And having Shonda Rhimes at the helm, um, it's, it's really something I didn't expect. Uh, I want to talk about each of the characters in a second, but Emil Was this show, you know, when you first heard about Scandal, what did you end up thinking when you watched it?
2: Um, Based off the first episode, I was 50-50, I would have to say, Um, just because I understand it's the palette. They have to fit a lot in, especially in 45 minutes. Um, But I mean, I thought that. I was really intrigued by the premise, so that's kind of what kept me in tune through the whole episode, and it did get better as it went along. Um, but I really liked how within the first five minutes we had that opening dialogue where it was from, um, a blind date to a job interview. Um, and that's where we got introduced to the whole gladiators in the suit thing, which seems to be the whole theme of the show that was all over Twitter, I remember that night. Um, so I really, I really have to say by the end of the episode, I think I was hooked. Um, but I wasn't sold based on the first half of the episode. I really liked the second half, though.
1: Yeah, and like you said, we were talking earlier, Emil, you really liked the second episode. The problem with any pilot is you have to do the setup. You have to right. explain to everyone what the show is about. So there's going to be kind of a generic layout. There's going to be cliches, and, you know, a lot of people are making fun of the fact that in the first five minutes they said gladiators and suits (laughs) about 15 times you know but you know Shonda Rhimes maybe should be a little bit more subtle in her writing but I really like the premise of the show because these scandals really do happen I write about them all the time there is John Edwards and Riel Hunter there is the New York City madam right now there are murder mysteries all the time and so to see the behind-the-scenes and what's going on, what I love the most is Olivia Pope, is Carrie Washington. I yeah. think she does a fabulous job, and the best part of both episodes was any time she had to negotiate or tear someone down. When right. she does those monologues, she is on point. When she's trying to convince the U.S. Attorney to hold off on pressing charges for 48 hours and she dresses him down when she dresses down Amanda Tanner. She is fabulous. So so I absolutely love Olivia Pope. Um, I want to get your take, and then we'll quickly talk about the other
2: character. Well, with the Olivia Pope thing, that's another thing. Within the first five minutes, so much happened. Not even within the first five minutes. Within the first two minutes, we got, like, this reverence for Olivia Pope. Like, she was some type of god just from the way Quinn reacted um, when he said that, you know, you're, you send in a job application for Olivia Pope, and then we go into the office, and we see her, and she's, like, this heavenly creature that's sitting on the table, and she, like, turns around in slow motion. And even when she's in the elevator, the way she deals with, like, the the uh, the Russian mobsters and the way she dealt with that situation basically not even seeming as if she was intimidated even though she didn't have all the money that whole thing like they set up this whole thing where Olivia is in her own world and this is her world and she's put on this high pedestal so I like how that was set up from the beginning so yeah she's definitely one of my favorite characters that she should be so I think Carrie Washington does a great job in playing that
1: and so I just want to run down um, some of the other characters. We have Quinn, as you mentioned. She's the newbie, young lawyer, unsure um, if she can handle the pressure. Mm-hmm. We have Huck, who is the tech guy. He used to be in the CIA. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it here. Quinn and Huck, they're going to hook up. There's <laughs> chemistry there. I can feel it. <laughs> then we have uh, Steven, who was dead from Lost for any yes. Lost fans. Uh, he's this reformed bad boy litigator mom. And we have Abby, who is this investigator. Abby kind of gets on my nerves a I little bit. I love Abby. bother me. I love Abby. Yeah, she... Oh, you love her? I All love right. her. Well, then you her. and I disagree already. <laughs> I don't know if I like this, Emil. No, I'm just kidding. Abby, I... she has very liberal politics, um, and she just seems very judgmental yeah. about everyone and everything. Um, but I'm calling it now and here, Stephen and Abby. Definitely have some sort of chemistry. Abby's totally crushing on Stephen, And even though he is engaged, something's going to happen there. So they already, you know, really set up the storyline for viewers to pick up on the chemistry between these characters. Um, Oh, and then I just have to mention Harrison. All I wrote for him is he's suave and he has quick witty banter. (laughs) I don't know who Harrison is going to hook up with. But Olivia is my favorite character and I really love Steven. Uh, So, Neil, you're an Abby guy?
2: (laughs) I'm an Abby guy. I mean, just the way she interacted with other people, like she's really witty and sarcastic. I don't know, that kind of appeals to me. And this is just smart comments that she did throughout the whole show, episode one and episode two. And I was like, this is the girl that I'm going to laugh at for the whole season. Like, I just knew it from the beginning.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, Okay, well, let's talk about the first major storyline in the first episode, which was the Lieutenant Colonel Philly St. James murder mystery. Basically, he's this decorated war hero. He's a conservative darling, a poster boy for the military and the GOP. He walks in, blood on his hands. His girlfriend is dead. Please think he killed her. Um, The storyline was very interesting, and what I, what I love the most is when they were discussing about how they're going to handle it, they basically said, we're the judge and we're the jury. We're the media and we're the public opinion. Right. We decide who he is. And when you're handling a crisis, it's really smart to put on those hats and think, okay, what's a judge going to think? What's the jury going to think? And especially what's the media and the public going to think? And they need to figure out all these angles so when they do present it to the media and public opinion, and if it gets to a point of a judge and jury... What's going to happen there? Right. Um, And, you know, Olivia had an instinct about him here. She had an instinct. He didn't do it. Right. Uh, Again, my favorite part of this storyline was when she went to David's home, the U.S. attorney, and convinced him to give her 48 hours before he charged. And I love her negotiation tactics here. She said, I'm going to have the media asking, why are you persecuting a war hero? And she puts these ideas in his mind. Okay, you're considering a democratic seat. He's uh, a conservative. I'm going to create blowback to charging this decorated war hero. Um, and then finally, he says, "All right, you know, I see. I see what could be the blowback here." I'll give you 48 hours. Right. I, I love that about
2: her. I mean, I guess I was I was enjoying it, but um, with the whole Olivia thing, when she was like uh, my gut tells me everything I need to know and stuff like that, that was the point where I knew I wasn't going to have to suspend disbelief for the show because, um, I mean, obviously nobody's gut is going to be right 100% of the time, and then we see, which we'll talk about later towards the end of the episode, what happens and how um, her judgment can sometimes be clouded. Um, so that was one moment when I was like, okay, you know, now I'm going to have to Really, kind of set the bar a little lower as far as trying to believe this completely, but that's what's any drama. So,
1: yeah i I was really intrigued by the murder mystery at first and what would happen. How it played out in the end was a little too cliche for me. Yeah, you know, I think this this show is being written ripped from the headlines and they really want to talk about issues that are relevant right now in DC in public opinion and obviously don't ask, don't tell and gay rights and the military is a big issue. I I didn't pick up on it at first, but then when they grabbed that tape of him walking out of the bar, I called it. I knew it. He's gonna walk out with the gay man and he's gonna kiss him. Why well, love- the reason why is Oh, okay. Sorry. What'd you? No, say, I was no? going
2: to say, I love how the way that they bribe uh, the security guard to get the tape is not only with $500, but they use a pizza. And then the security guard like checks to make sure that all the toppings are on there. I was laughing so hard. Like, really?
1: Yeah. No, the subtleties in the show are great. You yeah. know, all the little tactics and negotiation strategies that they use. But when it came to this storyline and it turns out, oh, he's gay, but he doesn't want to say anything because he's this conservative darling and how would it look for his image? That's when I thought, okay, this is a little too cliche for me. But you know what? I liked it at the end of the day. Um, Olivia ended up using her negotiation tactics to be like, hey, I know what it's like to keep a secret. You know, you think you're doing it for your country, but you shouldn't have to keep who you love a secret. And obviously she is um, saying those words out of her own experience, and we'll talk about that later. But then it ends with him holding a press conference saying, I'm honored to be a gay man serving my country. His alibi is there case shut and solved right. um i don't know did you think it was a little
2: cliche or did you like it? um i mean it was a little cliche and then like even with his lines when he was like uh he had to keep reiterating he was like i am a hero i honored a uniform and i was like oh god um but uh towards the end of the episode i think the important thing to remember with as far as the case in the office being closed is that this is when we saw we don't care what happened to his girlfriend, we saw that they don't really focus on actually solving the cases. All they care about is helping the client, which I thought was an important thing to close with.
1: Yeah, they said, basically, we'll turn over our, our files to the police, and then it's up to them to solve the case right. they serve their client. And that's where they're obviously different from defense or prosecution, because they're not trying to hammer out all the details of what happened. They're just trying to protect their client. Uh, I want to talk about the client they had in the second episode, (laughs) which is Sharon Marquette, DC's madam. Another story ripped from the headlines. If she isn't hiding flies, if she isn't the New York City soccer mom madam that we have right now, uh, then I don't know who she's based (laughs) on. (laughs) I love this story because the list of suitors, her little black book of all the men, is a who's who in the political world and you know that these easy men do it we have elliot spitzer we've seen it before you know we know that this happens so once again a story ripped from the headlines uh what did you think of this storyline Emil?
2: this storyline like i like i was telling you earlier the pacing in the second episode was way better because obviously we've been introduced to the characters we've been introduced to the way the office kind of flows and what they really do so i feel like shonda rhimes had um better room to really develop the story and we had like a better pace and it wasn't uh, all the speed talking that we had in the first episode. Um, But I just thought it was really interesting um, how as we go through, we we follow Olivia Pope, but we also are seeing everything kind of through Quinn's eyes, because we're all newcomers to this whole Olivia Pope and Associates, and so is Quinn. So, the funny thing that I liked at the beginning of the episode is when Quinn was trying to inquire as to who this lady was, and she didn't know, and then the way she, like, asked her if she wanted some tea, and then she's like, by the way, I'm Quinn, and what's your name? And then she says who she is, Sharon Marquette, and um, (laughs) how Abby, once again, interjects and kind of um, says that Basically, Sharon Marquette provides horrors for Stephen, so I thought that was hilarious. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I I like the storyline a lot, and definitely the way it progressed, and we'll talk about later with the um, finding the list in the back of the photo album and the names that they used. uh, But we can go into that in a minute. Uh,
1: Yeah, I I thought this storyline was more interesting than just a basic, okay, we need to help the madam story, because... One of the people on the list was Keating, who is the president's Supreme Court nominee, and that's where this got interesting. Because then it turns out he's saying, "I've never done this. Like I would never do this. I would never jeopardize my career." And you don't want to believe him, but it turns out he's telling the truth. It was actually his wife was the call girl. His wife was quote unquote Stacy, and she did it to pay for his schooling, and he never knew about it. Right. And um. What I love here is Olivia at first recommends, okay, you're going to have to step down, but then she comes up with a tactic to stop the list from getting out. And this is my favorite part of this show <laughs> is her tactics, her strategies, her negotiations yeah. to solve these crises. And here the tactic was basically, there's a lot of power up on these walls. If we get them all together to pressure the U S attorney's office, not to, um, you know, not to have this list revealed, then we can keep it a secret and keeping to remain the nominee. So what did they do? They went around whispering all the key words. Uh, I just want to list some of them. Sunny Day, Hardwood floors trip to the islands. do you speak greek and basically i love this line bring around is a bipartisan effort this small business owner should not be unduly harassed by the law and uh lo and behold the list never gets out so what do you think
2: of that that was hilarious because uh it was just a creative way and well i liked when they did the names but i thought it was really funny how uh after They would say or after Harrison would go to each um, politician and say the different name, like hardwood floors or whatever. They would do like the funny snapshot of them. (laughs) And then even when they went back to the office and she had all the politicians there, that one politician stood up and um, he tried to defend himself and say he had to go to dinner. And then Sharon Marquette says, oh, we know you like to go around the world twice if you take your pills. It was just it was just really creative. (laughs) So (laughs) I really enjoyed that.
1: Yeah. No, that I like that storyline. And like I said, I love just the way that they handle these crises. And we'll get to this in news and gossip. It's so fascinating to me that this actually does happen. Right. So um, there is a true life, Olivia Pope. We'll get to that in news and gossip. So I want to talk about the major storyline that will probably keep coming every episode this season, which is this whole President Grant, Olivia triangle and amanda tanner aka monica lewinsky aka any a that you that has slept with a politician in real life um this storyline at first could seem cliche the whole oh the politician sleeps with someone tries to cover it up or the president sleeps with someone tries to cover it up the reason why they do a good job at it is because there's a lot of intricacies here Olivia was in love with the president. The president seems to be in love with Olivia. And then there's this aide who is actually telling the truth. Um, Okay. First, opinions on the president and second in the second episode, he's a total peaceful. I don't like them.
2: What do you think (laughs) Emil? Uh, the president. Well, I remember I was really, I got really upset because I'm trying to find my notes here. There is a line when she first, um, met him, I believe it was at camp David. She went, um, and she met with him so he could, I guess she could see him in person and determine based on the way she determines by looking in their face and their eyes to find out their line or not. And she basically, um, starts to hint that she's about to ask if he actually cheated on, um, cheated on his wife with this this aide amanda and um he basically cuts her off and he's like you know there's only one person that i love and then olivia kind of like quivers a little bit because you know in her mind she's saying it's me and it kind of clouds her judgment that's the beginning but then in my mind i'm saying okay he avoided the question because there's plenty of husbands plenty of wives who still love their husband or wife but they still cheat on them that doesn't mean that they don't love them they still cheat though what do you think about that
1: I think he's a (laughs) skee-ball. The fact that he used the name Sweet Baby with both of them. First of all, Sweet Baby is the most generic name, like, ever. Then, like, when she finally confronts him in the Oval Office to be like, you're lying, you did sleep with Amanda Tanner. He never answers the question. He just grabs her and basically tries to shut her up by sticking his tongue down her mouth. And I just think he's a total skee-ball. I really, really, really do don't like him. And he's a Republican president. I'm not saying anything <laughs> but, you know and the fact that they chose a Republican president to be the ones to be involved in this sex scandal when in real life it was a Democrat. Right. There's a lot of politics going on in this. So I'd be curious to know what um the creators' politics are here. Well, but once again, my favorite part of this storyline was her negotiation tactics. through. I'm not saying I liked it because it was ugly, but it was sure great to watch, which was when she walked into the park and dressed Amanda Tanner down. She said, there will be consequences to you telling lies. You should know what can happen. Your face would be everywhere. You'd have a problem finding employment. You have 22 sexual partners. A mother with a mental breakdown, gonorrhea. These things the press would know about you. In this town, your career is over. You need to resign. Um, I mean, really, she did her homework and if anything is convincing, is as convincing as that, you'd need to let me know because what happened, Amanda resigned. Yes, her words were so harsh that Amanda then tries to kill herself, but the negotiation there still was strong. Um, and then, you know, this, this storyline continues in the second episode because, she needs to use her negotiation tactics again to then get Amanda to trust her. Even though she almost tried to kill herself based off of what Olivia said, and the way to get her to trust her is that same negotiation of you're going to get questions from reporters. You'll get flustered. It'll turn into a full-blown tabloid scandal. That'll be nothing compared to TV stations. Your face will be in every newspaper. You'll never be alone again. And um, what I love here is then Olivia takes on, or sorry, Quinn takes on Olivia's strategy to finally get Amanda to be their client, and she says, you know, I was in trouble once, I was alone, it was awful, if I had someone who knew what I should say or do, I would have given anything to have them by my side. Those were the magic words, Amanda's the new client. What do you think about that?
2: Um, I mean... I think we all kind of after that scene in the park, we all kind of had that Quinn face. And I call it the Quinn face because she has this confused face a lot of the times because she doesn't know what's going on. But then after something dramatic like one of um one of Olivia's negotiation happens, she does like this uh, mouth open awe face where she's just confused. And she's like, I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> and every time she does that face, I can't help but laugh. Um, but with the whole Amanda situation, I just thought that was really dramatic. The one thing that bothered me with the um i think it was in the second episode where she was told to where quinn was told to watch amanda in the hospital and then she calls olivia to tell her about the reporter and then she's like um i forgot what she said but she was basically saying um i just need you to stay with her stay with her and then she turns around and she's gone i was like okay of course that would happen like she was gone turned around for like five seconds and then she finally leaves um but with the whole amanda thing the way they negotiate and everything that was really good and then when um when Quinn is finally on the steps at the Lincoln Memorial, I like how we finally see that everybody is going to have a backstory. Like everybody, cause if you think about it, everybody has to have a reason as to why they hooked up with Olivia. Um, so I'm kind of intrigued as to not only what Quinn's backstory is, but basically what everybody's backstory is. Cause I remember I was reading an article, um, this week and they were saying how, you know, the way that everybody seems now is going to be completely different by the end of the season, which I would hope so. I love the twists and turns that can be expected in the show called Scandal. So, um, all we can do is Yeah,
1: start. I didn't even pick up on the fact that Olivia saying, or that Quinn saying, or I'll call her mini-Olivia, <laughs> is saying that I was in trouble once, not only is a negotiation tactic, but also leads to the fact that, you know, she has a skeleton in her closet. Right. So, um, you know, that was, that was a more subtle way of setting things up than in the first episode. I thought the first episode was a little too blatant in All its right. setup. The second episode was definitely more subtle. Um, the, the big story here now is going to be, and we'll talk about this in, in predictions, the fact that this low-level blogger reporter picked up on the story and what started as a little blurb turned into, or could, could turn into, a big scandal. And, you know, the second episode ends with Gideon at their door saying, basically, okay, I wasn't sure what kind of story I had, but now I see Olivia Pope I see Amanda, and I see the girl in the hospital, Quinn, who lied to me about her job. Something is going on. So right. they have someone up their asses who's going to be trying to figure out what happened, and that's why it'll be interesting to me, you know, how they're going to handle it. I like that in this show there's going to be storyline A and storyline B. Right. Storyline A is going to be, like, the the crime du jour, the Sully St. James murder, the, the madame, Um, you know, the one case that they tackle and wrap up in an episode. And storyline B will be this ongoing storyline of, the president, the sex scandal, all of
2: that. I think I really um, enjoyed Cyrus, who is uh, the chief of staff. When um, yeah. he first was in the office after the whole Olivia thing happened, he was trying to talk to the president about it. And then he was telling him we have bigger things to worry about because this uh, blogger basically has this uh, excerpt from uh, the D.C. Sun. He shows it to him. And then I have it here. Cyrus says, uh, we're not going to go down because you failed to keep your flies up. And he said, you work for the people. You work for me. And then once again, the president tries to down play the whole situation but then cyrus comes back and says watergate was two sentences about a burglary and i really love that line um because it showed the seriousness of the situation like this isn't something you can just play down especially if olivia pope is now um, taking on amanda as her client
1: yeah and uh, like i said i love how these stories are ripped from the headlines because this starts out as a small blurb in a blog and it has the potential to turn huge. They mentioned Watergate. I thought of Anthony Weiner. Um, you know the whole the whole Weiner debacle. I actually I, I report here in in New York City, and I interviewed Anthony Weiner the morning after that tweet was sent out. And the only person to pick up on it originally was Andrew Breitbart, who um, is a conservative blogger he picked up on originally. And when I interviewed Anthony Weiner, it was a Memorial Day parade. He was cool as a cucumber. You know, he he acted like nothing was going on. And then the story slowly got bigger and bigger. And guess what happened? He resigned. And that's how these things can happen. They can have a snowball effect. So, you know, we'll talk about this in predictions. What's going to happen here? Uh, Neil, I just want to ask you if there's anything else you want to talk about uh, before we go to a commercial break of news and gossip.
2: Just quickly, just to see if I'm the only one who noticed this, I don't know if the fans know this as well, but if we go back to the big scene from the first episode where the president finally kisses Olivia, was I the only one who noticed there was plenty of time for them to break away before Cyrus busted in?
1: What do you plenty of times for Olivia and the press for well, no, Olivia they, to break
2: away? Yeah, they, they were kissing and they had this long passionate kiss and then you could hear the door like opening, but they were still kissing and then Cyrus is basically basically standing there and they're still kissing and then they finally break away. I was like, you guys had plenty of time to at least create the illusion that you guys weren't doing anything. Did yeah, you notice that?
1: Maybe, maybe in his mind. First of all, he's stupid. He he's been sleeping with tons of people, so he doesn't think. He thinks with his cock. Right. So, um, and then her, maybe at that point she wanted, she wanted Cyrus to know, right? You know, when when she had a reason to protect the president from this secret, you know, she she kept her mouth shut, and now she's turning to the other side. Well, now that that's you said that, so interesting. Is she going to be? turning on the White House. Maybe she wants Cyrus to know.
2: Now she said that, remember, right after Kiss, when she was leaving, she was so shocked that Cyrus didn't know, and then she was like, oh, I guess it because it wasn't that important to him, and then she was really hurt by that, which is another reason why. Oh, yeah. I think she kind of wanted to help Amanda, too. She was like, oh, he really doesn't care about me, so.
1: Yeah. That's why it's like, Olivia, it kills me. She's so smart, right. but then she's so dumb when it comes to this. She basically you know, went against her better judgment and agreed, and uh, Um, believed the president when he said that he wasn't having this affair and she said, you clouded my judgment. I almost tried to, this girl tried to kill herself based off of what I said because I believed you. And it's like, she says she doesn't cry and then, you know, the only time you see her cry is about this. It's like, you know, every character needs to have a deeper level to them which is why she needs this. (laughs) But it just kills me because she's such a smart girl to fall for, you know, just a ball really bothers me.
2: Even when If you notice this too, when she um, calls Cyrus when um, the president is getting off the plane, I think, and she tells the president to look to the left so she could see him, even then he does like this little smirk, which obviously is going to make her feel good. And then she kind of like, okay, okay, bye. Like, (laughs) so once again, he clouds her judgment just by doing this little smirk that obviously she likes. And then she's like, okay, he's cool. He's fine. He didn't do anything.
1: Women can't resist power. bottom line but uh let's go to a quick commercial break because we have some great news and gossip and predictions to get to
0: perfect after buzz tv hi i was once like you a lazy angry loner whose only joy was watching tv and surfing the net and like you after i'd see one of my favorite tv shows i'd be so excited and have so many questions that i'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzzTV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives. And more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid coworkers who I hate and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite Afterbuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, Afterbuzz TV. After Buzz TV. What do you want to buzz about?
1: All right, let's get into some news and gossip.
0: Afterbugs
1: TV News. Okay, so this is pretty interesting to me. There is a real Olivia Pope. Her name is Judy Smith. She is a crisis management guru and she inspired the show. She's actually a co creator and executive producer on the show as well. And she's advised everyone from uh, President George H.W. Bush to Monica Lewinsky to Michael Vick all during their times of crises. Um, She's the author of a new book titled Good Self, Bad Self, Transforming Your Worst Qualities into Your Biggest Assets. Um, Her interview is basically pretty interesting. She said that she met Shonda Rhimes almost two years ago, and uh, it started out as a 15-minute chat, ended up with a -a -a two-and-a-half-hour conversation just about crisis and crisis management. Um, Her her biggest pick, which you are seeing this in the show, you have to gain the trust of the client and it takes time. And telling the truth is extremely important in dealing with any problem or crisis. I just think that's so fascinating mm-hmm. that there's a real Olivia Pope out there who's actually doing this.
2: Right. It's really interesting. Um, and the fact that you know she was a nobody I was reading an article too about uh, Judy Smith and they were saying that you know she has done high-profile uh, clients but now she's gonna get so much more uh, because she's gonna press so much more attention now that she's getting all this press from the show so I can't wait to see what else we hear about her and her personal life
1: except the more that she attracts attention the less likely a client is going to want to hire her because if she's a big name and the second like if say um, you know some high-level politician got into a crisis and then called her, if it were to come out that this person was working with Judy Smith, you know this person is in trouble, you know what I mean? That's true. So it's better for her business to stay under the radar, but you know, if she's kind of going Hollywood on us with a book and all this stuff, right. then, you know, it would make sense for her to capitalize on her name and her and her past. Right. Um, uh, I mean, I wanted to get to a couple of pieces of news and gossip that you had, you um, specifically, you were telling me about Michelle Obama and Kerry Washington. Is there
2: some beef there? According to the National Enquirer, which obviously is not the most reliable source in the world, but <laughs> they are saying that, uh, well, a couple of months ago, Kerry Washington was um, appointed to the President's Committee on the Arts and Humanities, and it's an honorary post that could bring her into personal contact with the Commander-in-Chief, President Obama. Now, the wa- National Enquirer is saying that Michelle Obama has ban sexy scandal star Kerry Washington from the White House because of her flirty relationship with the president. The unmarried beauty is said to be number one on the First Lady's secret list of women to keep away from her husband. I mean, really? Come on now. (laughs) Like, honestly. Um, But a White House official has denied that... um, off the record, has denied that that even has occurred. So I truly doubt that that's an issue. Um, also.
1: I can't believe in the... I can't even believe a White House official responded. Exactly, to the because Enquirer. nobody believes anything in
2: a national inquiry. And, um, Last week, we had the premiere of Scandal, and according to reports, it, um, generated a 2.1 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic, and they said it was a modest rating. But normally with new series, we have a drop off, um, on the second week. But this week, we had a minor drop off. Um, I think last I checked, it went down to a 2.0 rating. It went down a tenth from the preliminary ratings that I saw this morning. But, I mean, this could be good news since it's, pretty much staying stable as long as it's generating the same amount of audience hopefully it grows but if it's still keeping the same number of viewers hopefully abc will see that um that it has a strong following and want to renew it later in the future so um we'll see um and finally my last bit of news and gossip is shonda rhimes adopted her uh, second child and that was in us weekly so
1: well, you know, it's always an uphill battle for a show that comes in as a mid-season replacement. Yeah. But what I want to remind viewers here is Grey's Anatomy came in as a mid-season replacement, too. And they, they did pretty all right. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, hopefully the fact that this show wasn't one of the big fall premieres that ABC was pitching and the fact that it's a mid-season replacement, you know, for Grey's Anatomy, we saw a lot of people... W- start watching in the fall after those first, um, I, I believe seven episodes premiered in the spring. We had a lot of people watching in the fall because they had the time over the summer to maybe catch up on those episodes and then they were hooked. And so hopefully that's what will happen with Scandal and a season two will be cleared. Um, I wanted to get into one last bit of news and gossip because it kind of ties into our predictions for the week. Um Mary Washington hinted about what's going to happen in this whole Amanda Tanner-President Grant scandal in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter. She said, quote, well, one of Olivia's greatest strengths is also for us, perhaps one of her greatest weaknesses. That compassion and that deep, deep caring for her fellow human being and her desire to make everything okay for other people is part of what makes it difficult for her to really cut ties with the people that she cares about. And obviously, who care about the president. Then she said, quote, well, they worked very closely together, and it's very clear that this used to be a family. This staff in the White House you get that sense when they're all walking through Camp David. That this used to be a family, and what happens when somebody walks away? How does the family operate? What are the new rules? So, the reason why I like this storyline more—it could have very easily turned into a cliche, mm-hmm. you know, president get De- sex scandal storyline—but there's a lot of intricacy here because she used to work on the campaign that got him elected. She's close with Cyrus. She's close with Billy Chambers, who is the uh, VP, at chief of staff. I'm calling it right now. There could be some chemistry there. Let's just let's just get straight into predictions.
2: All right.
0: <laughs> and now, your AfterBuzz TV predictions.
1: All right. One thing I'm calling it now. I'm calling it here. After Buzz TV exclusive. I think that Kerry Washington or Olivia Pope and Billy Chambers, who is the uh, VP chief of staff, I think there's chemistry there. I think that he's going to play a big role here. What do you think?
2: Um, I see chemistry between Kerry Washington and David. Actually, Um, but I don't know because they have like this love-hate relationship. I don't know if that would ever actually come into fruition. So, um, but I think I would like to see that play out too. And maybe, maybe Harrison and Olivia, but I really don't see that happening. But, you know, Harrison kind of worships Olivia. So that would be really cool if they could pull that off. But I don't think that will ever come.
1: And now, so what do you think is going to happen with this sex scandal? They have this reporter breathing down their back. I think that it's telling that it was just this one blogger and they name him, his name's Gideon, instead of, oh, a couple different press places that started to pick this up, because I think that Gideon is going to have a bigger storyline in the show. He's going to be the, the uh, Woodward and Bernstein for this, basically, you know, yeah. so I think that he's going to have a bigger role in the show.
2: I mean, um, he's definitely gonna have a bigger role in the show. And I just can't wait to get more details about how that whole situation even played out, whether it be the relationship between Olivia and the president, how that got started, and then how the relationship between Amanda and um, the president got started. So I just I'm really looking forward to as we go on in the next couple episodes to see everyone's backstory. So we'll see. I'm excited about what's to come.
1: Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, I don't think they're going to use flashbacks for this, which I don't like flashbacks. So that's good. I want to see these past stories come out, just like as they're telling it in the present, not you know some cliche flashbacks. But I also will say, um, you know, what I'm looking forward to because I love when Olivia tears people down and she negotiates with them. I think we're going to see her having to negotiate with Gideon to stop him from snooping with this story or to throw him off the path. Um, there's going to be some sort of strategy or tactics involved with getting Gideon off her case. Um, so, Emil, thank you so much for co-hosting our premiere after show for Scandal. As Phil said, we are hosting this every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm Mari Fagel. I'm your legal lady. You can tweet me at Mari Fagel. Uh, for news on scandal and true from the headlines uh, legal scandals and Emilia, where, where can they find you at?
2: Find me at at Emilio E Jr and once again please go to iTunes rate, comment, same with YouTube
1: Perfect. All right. So everyone,
0: see join us again next Friday. Thanks so much. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV.